0: We recognise Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people's continued connection to the land and waters of this country and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Always was, always will be. The most watched sporting event, I'm going to say for all time with no research.
1: And Michael Lucas. Ideal for the hyper fixated person who can remember every name and every link and practically has a mental Venn diagram in their head. This is Emsolation. I also remember you being very much like, this will be huge.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, oh yeah. You're in Emsolation.
0: Well, hello there and welcome to Em My name is Em Rossiano. I'm a writer, a singer, a stand-up comedian, a maximalist power queen, and a neurodivergent magic brain and a podcaster. And together with my best friend since I was 11, screenwriter Mr Michael Lucas, I bring you this podcast every week. How are you? Well, I'm getting straight to it because this is, as you'll see when you look down at runtime, it is a long one today because I felt we needed to provide a safe space for people to vent, for people to unpack and unload the death of Dr Patrick from Offspring. Now, of course, 10-year anniversary has occurred (laughs) and many of you let us know that you are still not over it. And I just thought perhaps it was time for us all to find some closure. Now, for those of you who are new here Michael Lucas, my co-host, esteemed Australian screenwriter, he was the man who killed off Dr Patrick. He will try and claim there was an entire writing team, which is true, but let's not focus on that fact. Let's focus on the funner part of just blaming Michael because we have access to him. We go in deep. You're going to hear behind-the-scenes stuff that... We've never spoken about. He told me things I didn't know. We talk about the moment they informed Matt Lanavez, who played Dr Patrick, that his character was going to be killed off. He talks about the table read. We talk about the night of. I wanted to just really dig in around this so you all felt, you know, like you felt seen and heard because the outpouring, even though a decade has passed. Now also, to add to this, right at the end of the podcast, you're going to hear a compilation of Emsolators of some of you you sent us voice memos, you voiced your grief, you abused Michael. Some of you agreed with him. So make sure you listen all the way at the end because it's extraordinary. Just to give you a little taster, just to understand the anger and the hurt that is out there, have a listen to this.
3: Thank you but also
0: fuck you. <sighs> oh my gosh. I don't know how he's going to take it. But that's what we wanted to do. We also discussed Lizzo and the goings on. I really have been avoiding having an opinion because I don't feel like I always need to have an opinion on things. And also there's a court case pending and you know, it's a tough situation and we don't know all the facts yet. And, but so many of you wanted to know what we thought. So Michael and I briefly discussed Lizzo and also we have some great Good for her. Two Australian women's sporting teams absolutely dominating. So that has to get discussed. And we are now basically a week out from me going to America. A lot of underwear discussions. You've got all of that to look forward to. I'm going to stop now because it's such a long one. Just snuggle down or keep driving or whatever you're doing. You're on a half a puffy I don't know, hopefully you're not cleaning, but maybe you are. I'm, I'm helping you get through it and enjoy this... Um, This is going to be a cathartic healing moment for all of us. Play the music. Starbucks at Home is calling on you to take extra time for yourself and hashtag fill your cup. It's time we all take a day dedicated to unapologetic relaxing, relishing in those long winter mornings at home and starting the day off just the way you want to, filling your cup, no matter how that may be. It comes as Starbucks at Home announces two new flavours to its range – Starbucks by Nespresso Smooth Caramel and Creamy Vanilla Flavoured Coffee Pods, bringing you Starbucks' signature taste of high-quality cafe-style coffee made from 100% Arabica coffee beans to enjoy in the comfort
2: of your own home.
0: Available now in supermarkets, nationally, in-store and online.
2: M. Luciano and Michael Lucas, this is M.
0: Even though it's been 10 years, when the start of August rolls around, he becomes the most unpopular man on the internet, Michael (laughs) Lucas.
1: Yeah, especially this August. (laughs) No thanks, Facebook memories.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. I speak of course of the untimely passing of one Dr. Patrick from Offspring, uh, which is blood on the hands of my co-host.
3: Are you Dr. Reed's wife? I'm his partner. I'm his sister. He had a subdural bleed in the meningeal layer. We worked to ease the pressure and to locate the source of the bleed and to suture the blood vessels.
0: How is he? Can we go and see him?
3: Um, We weren't successful. What? Um, We did everything we could, but he didn't survive the procedure. I'm so sorry.
4: (coughs)
2: Can
0: we go back to the time when you made that decision, when the decision was made? I vividly recalling shouting, kill the brother, when you were deciding.
1: obviously oh. to- <laughs> it was not just me. It was very much a group decision. This was a group killing.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> I've pinned it on you entirely. You're the man. You're the one. <laughs> I also remember you being very
1: much like, this will be you. <laughs> oh yeah! So, oh yeah!
0: Because because we were sitting around you and I, and were like uh, and you're like, we, we have to kill someone. I'm like, yeah.
1: And no. I, yes. <laughs> yes. To, it was triggered by it was triggered by contracts. It didn't come
0: oh, out of nowhere. No, no, but we all knew that the time was coming. Everything yeah, was too happy. Season families. four, yeah. in a
1: death. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. not saying yeah. it's been fun and games for three exactly. seasons, but now we've been in this world long enough that yes. it's not going to look. To, yes. to kill someone, for
0: it's, sure. It's TV formula and you and I knew that being TV nerds and so we're like, who, who, who? And, and then when I found out that you'd all decided in the writers' room to kill off Patrick, I was like, oh, oh. Mm. I was genuinely scared for you.
1: I know. I was a little bit naive about it mm. for, even though it was so full on making it and, and um Can you, you talk know, about Jonathan, that? Gavin-
0: talk about the writers, like, from the moment you decided that was going to happen, so you informed Matt Linoves, obviously. Is that what happens? He
1: was informed, yes. Luckily one of the producers was, he was in LA mm. and lucky, luckily one of the producers was travelling through, so mm. they went and met him for a drink and told him in
0: person. How do you take it?
1: Um, well, but also, you know, obviously needing mm. a bit of reassurance of, um, you know, of... of it's because it's it, this is the best thing for the mm. story and then I remember when I finally saw him um when he got back to Australia and we were making the show I, I was like very much like I think this will be so big and I really feel like the best way to end a run as a character is to go out like this mm. where like this will this this is to be iconic you'll you'll be like and I'm so I am glad on that front that it um <laughs> came true but we also <laughs> made sure to give him lots of love I remember we had all sorts of goodbye parties for him and I composed a special rap. I've still got the footage of that rap. That might be released one day. Me and Jane Harbour and Alicia Gardner did a... Bespoke rap for Madeline of the Can someone
0: just note down to get the rap off Michael? James is writing <laughs> it down right
1: now. Um, yeah, but it was but it was amazingly upsetting because you just have to live it for months and months and months, all through the writing, all through the breaking the news to people. Like people found it in ways. Tell like me. Asher and Matt knew.
0: Yes, tell well, us.
1: Well, like Asher and Matt were the obvious ones that had to know, but then most of the cast didn't even know until they got the script. <gasps> um,
0: Wait, what? Yeah, most of the ensemble. Don't you skip through yeah. this. Listen to me. You are delivering a succulent, delicious meal to offspring fans right now. Don't you mm. skip over one tiny morsel of information. Don't you be cavalier. Now tell me. I'm No, sitting. no,
1: sorry. Okay, well, it was a need-to-know basis for the longest time because we were really worried about secrecy mm-hmm. and about it leaking. Mm-hmm. And um, so I remember then finally the scripts went out with an unusually, like, stern cover page going, you know, the contents of this <laughs> are completely, you know, uh, confidential and must not be released or whatever. And I still remember, like, it went out and then it's always a weird thing because it goes out in the mornings or whenever it goes out and then, Castor sort of reading it on set, and I remember going to lunch that day and seeing like I still remember Alicia Gardner who played Nurse Kim being like, Oh my God. <laughs> and then I remember we read them as a pair. We read his death episode and the funeral episode as a pair in this big read-through, and it was like floods of tears. Oh. It was intense. I remember it all. I remember filming I'm in the funeral scene. I mean, I was an extra in the funeral scene. I don't think you actually see me on character, but I was on camera, but I was one of the um, I was one of the mourners. Hilariously, there was a uh, technical issue and for some reason part of Nina, Nina's eulogy, one line dropped out oh. of post. and, so oh, no. and it, But it just looks like she's gathering herself okay. in a pause. But no, no, she was meant to say one more line. It's just not there. Yeah, and then the editing was like, Went forever and was really traumatic, like you know, trying to decide what music to oh. play and having what big debates play? over
0: what did oh, uh, it was a
1: called A Thousand Sundowns, and it was a sort of sad, very offspringy indie pop female vocal song that we had used when Nina and we used it when Patrick, um, was telling Nina, I think about that he'd lost uh, a child. A thousand sundowns, yeah, and and so like absolute emotional terrorists. We brought it back.
0: I've got it. I've got it. Wait, 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 wait. Hang on. Okay, let me just. <laughs> trigger warning. Trigger warning. Met a
3: boy who made me cry. Went for the jugular. Yes. I do remember
1: one of the producers thinking it was just too much, and then we were like, no. You essentially. <laughs> that was for the funeral. That was for the future. You, you've um, done
0: what the Kardashians do and what Selling Sunset does. You know how I'm passionate about that genre of like story arc continuing pop songs. She's going uh-huh. to a meeting and she's going to be a girl boss and quit her job. You essentially pioneered that with this. This was
1: Yeah. This is the same thing. We pioneered it. We created <laughs> we created the musical.
0: <laughs> no, but it's different. It's very specific to you know, T V shows. We know it in musicals, but when T V shows tell you how to feel via very specific lyrics, I feel that's new mm. territory. Okay, yeah. Oh, so yes. You got your song. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so yeah.
1: then it was all like completed. And then I remember, for some reason, I still cannot believe that I had this tradition of taking the DVDs, this is how old it was, home to, for my mum to watch. And I, she was, like, my test audience. I didn't, like, tell her in advance. And then, and then she had this, like, really dramatic action and was really angry. Like, like, she was crying. She was angry, roaming around. She's like, well, you've done it now. <laughs> if you think people are going to come back to this show. And the only saving grace was I'd gone out to Eltham with episode 12 which was Patrick's death episode and episode 13 which was the um, funeral so we watched episode 12 it went like she was angry she was angry she was upset she told me I'd killed the show
0: (laughs) and then I didn't
1: sleep at all all night I was thinking what have I unleashed and then the next morning she got up and she said do you have the next episode and I'm like yes do you want to watch it and then we watched the funeral and she cried and cried and cried and then announced that was the best episode of Osprey there's ever been and so I thought we'll be okay we just need to get through it so I was a little bit I was somewhat prepared, um, but I still didn't think it would have the scale. Yeah, so then on the night I remember that I organised, yeah, like a little gathering at my place with just the people that were in Melbourne. We weren't shooting at that point. Um, We were already in the middle of writing season five. I remember Kate Jenkinson had just got the role in Super Fun Night with Rebel Wilson, was about to hop on the plane the next day, but still came. You were there. Mm -hmm. Rick was there. The brother in the episode, a, a, an off-overlooked part of Australian television. Folklore. I
0: I was in an episode. <laughs> How did it come about working together? And I just want to have you, perchance, listened to extra yet this week? No. Okay. i just got up. No, no, great, 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 great. great. I just mm. have a question about my role on that episode, um, but mm. I've never asked you. I, in fact, auditioned. For the role that Claire Bowditch ended up getting—that's
1: right, Rosanna. Yeah,
0: um, and that role was pretty much about an ex-reality TV singer mother. Like it was a very something you know that I identified with that I could have easily that you, some would say written about my life. And I did audition for that, <laughs> um, but you I can't didn't be get both
1: Billy and Rosanna. They're meant to be the two polar opposites.
0: Well, apparently you can when your best mate's one of the head writers. Anyway, <laughs> mm. did I not get that? Role because I'm a bad actor. Am I a bad actor? Uh,
1: you back on Offspring. I was not a producer or anything like that. I don't know. I remember that was Shirley Barrett casting. Yeah. R.I.P. An amazing director. Yeah, and like if you think that they're going to come to me and give me this like really, you know, detailed appraisal, I didn't even see your audition. That's how. That's how little I was involved. <laughs> Because all these But also, I mean, I kind of I have to recuse myself from that sort of thing, obviously. Yeah. Um I remember I, I remember I mean I'm sure I, I don't I think it was Nathan Lloyd. I don't think it, it was, was even me no, that it was necessarily Nathan. pushed you. It was Nathan. Yeah, it was Nathan, yeah. But Yeah, so I don't I didn't see I didn't see okay. Claire's audition, I didn't see okay. your audition okay. it was in the hands. But obviously, if you know someone you're really invested in, like no one wants me to weigh into the discussions <laughs> and go, Well Yeah, so wait. I, I because... mean I, I sat it out. But then I remember I remember I don't think it was my idea that you play the music journalist either. Mm. But I think sometimes those roles are like a consolation prize. It was like you were like a... It was like you were the kind of music journalist that would be like on Channel V or something like that. That's
2: what I
0: remember. Yes. we. But I have often wondered... Well, I wondered yesterday if you've just never told me that I'm a terrible actor. I mean, Claire was perfect for the role in the end. I didn't
1: see it. But... um. But uh, go. Clearly, you <laughs> clearly clear. But also, I mean, it made more sense to me in yes. a way because the whole point was he was meant to get something from... Claire that yes. he didn't get no. from Cat Stewart's character. Claire, is and Claire was meant to be so motherly Correct. and like nurturing yes. and and earth mother sort of yeah. vibe, whereas Cat Stewart's like the spiky, punky, roaming around yes. the city character. So yes. you would not have provided the same level of contrast. Okay, of, of all right. Claire
0: and Cat. Okay, good. I'm glad. I'm glad because I was wondering. I said to myself, "Am am I the?" Am I the villain? Am I the problem? Am I (laughs) a bad actor? Is this the reason why he's never written me my flea bag? Like, where's my moment? (laughs) Okay, glad we've cleared that up. So the night we're at your house... Yes. ...and I I just recall, and you really, you put a post up, I did have to take your phone off you because I all of a sudden became your muminger.
1: But also they started calling you, I remember, because... Uh, Because the the weird thing was by that stage, after four years, I had done several interviews with journalists along the way Mm. and it was like on that night any journalist that might have had my details anywhere just thought, (laughs) here it is, found it in the email, let's give him a call. And then the next morning, like especially the next morning, and next morning with radio, for some reason you stayed over, I think. I'm pretty sure you stayed over. I did and and I also I remember they were not just... When they couldn't get through to me, they were ringing you. Yeah. And you had more radio contacts than me. Mm,
0: mm. I know. I but
1: was you were pretty slammed. firm. You were pretty firm, like, you shouldn't do it. There's nothing to be gained.
0: Absolutely not. There's nothing to be gained. And also, we wanted the funeral episode to air as well. We wanted people... That's right.
1: That's right. That's yeah, right. We had a
0: strategy. And it was nuts. I, d-
1: I didn't sleep that night. I, I remember I didn't sleep. That's why I stayed up at I
0: genuinely think and I was worried. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It was <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> You took it so hard. You genuinely, I remember now, I'm having vivid, because I never stay overnight anywhere because I like to sleep in my own bed, but you were so, everyone left and you were being brave when everyone was there, like uh, Imogen was there, Rick was there. And then I remember the moment you sat on the couch and you do that, you went, oh, (laughs) when you make that noise, oh. And, um, oh, my God. Oh Yes, at that stage
1: I was the only writer on Twitter and I had a tradition of tweeting throughout the shows, which I'd, un-upheld but obviously you know the public needed somewhere to focus their anger on (laughs) (laughs) and also it was just like it was so overwhelming just people saying I will never watch again I've you've ruined the show and so you know you have a little wobble where you think am I going to go down in history as someone who like made who was part of a plot decision with the team of course but that ruined, like that killed the killed the sacred cow. I don't know. And then, of course, like all those radio hosts, like remember one of them saying, "Will you go live to air and take calls from grieving viewers?" <laughs>
0: Can you well, imagine it's, I have put the call out to emulators that I think it's time we all move on, and I'm allowing people to send us voice memos to either abuse you or. Uh, remember Patrick and we all agreed to never bring it up ever again. So there could be a montage at the end of this episode. Just to end yeah. it all for once, because when it was I the taste... be, it was the best thing for me
1: in a way though. Yeah, like I mean, it was horrible to go through at the time because it just but it just made me think. Also, it was the best thing because we we held the course obviously because we had no choice. We'd already <laughs> made the next episode, and also we'd already we were by that stage we were really far through season five writing. Like we knew where everything was going. We knew Patrick Bramwell was coming in. And we knew all that stuff. Mm. Um, and and I remember I remember um, for all the talk about we killed the show. Of course, the next episode was the biggest ever episode we had. And then the season return on season 5 was the biggest season return we ever had. And season 5 had such a lift over season 4 and won all these awards. And so I kind of was kind of like, you know, you can't you can't do fan service even though people you know, they have the desires for the characters. Mm. You've just got to go with the best story. You have to go with the best oh. story, even if it's what, not what people want.
0: Listen to this man. Listen to this man putting his art above everything else. Speaking of TV shows written by Michael Lucas. Yes. We now have all the information we require. Newsreader, season two is coming. What shock. What? Who could have known? <laughs>
2: Who could have known? On my hand in five, four... Three to the News and Six family. Please welcome the golden couple of news, Miss Helen Norville and Mr. Dale Jennings in 1987. Can we expect a newsroom wedding? The whole
3: country is on the brink of a colossal change and it is our job to report it.
2: You know, if you promote the hell out of this story, you'll get the biggest numbers of the year. Welcome to the national tally room for election
3: night. You'll be in direct competition with your former colleagues at the News at Six. It's time to move forward as a nation.
2: No other news director will sign off on that. Helen, take a breath. Haven't you done enough already?
1: Yes, at long last. Mm -hmm. It has been a long journey to get to this announcement.
0: Mm
4: -hmm.
1: I feel. So, when's it coming? Tell
0: me everything. It season two,
1: premieres, Sunday, the tenth of September at 8 30 PM on ABC TV and iView. It is one episode a week. So it's you're gonna it's not like it's all gonna be dropped at once. Um it will roll out slowly through September and into October and but and then there's also one other big ABC Boffin twist. Yes. Which is there's there's going to be a companion podcast, which has blown my mind. And the companion podcast, yes, the companion Arts is hosted as a team yes! by Lee Sales and Lisa Miller.
0: I'm so excited, and they're going to be they're going to get this massive bump of about sixty thousand people coming from Emulation each week. They don't even understand. Yeah. All of a sudden, the ABC are going to be like, "Why is this podcast number one in every?" They're getting all the emsulators. Finally, yeah. you doing this podcast is paying off for you. Yes.
1: It is <laughs> It is a bit of a first for them. It to, the, this, we're the first drama to have. They have had companion podcasts for like, things like Annabelle Krabs Misrepresented and things like that, but they haven't actually ever had one for a drama. In the United States, they have them all the time. Mm. Like, you know, there's Succession. Mm. has, like, an official one but a bazillion unofficial ones and... But to our knowledge, we've never had it. And it was sort of always when something's never happened before. You know, I really commend the two podcast producers that forged this one through mm-hmm. um, and, and it is exciting. Also somewhat nerve-wracking. I don't know whether I'll be able to listen to oh, it. Oh, no,
0: it's going to be amazing. It's going to be so great. Does that mean we'll have an unofficial Newsreader podcast going too? No, like- no. Oh, well, you can if you want to. No, 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 but this one will. (laughs) Emsolation will officially become an unofficial. Oh, yeah, totally, totally, yeah. (laughs) Because we'll have to discuss. I can
1: respond. Because I'm obviously, like, I I know that those sort of tie-in podcasts, they're kind of a little bit nauseating if they're kind of, if they're hosted by the the creator or something like that that there is this there isn't and just like that one that Michael Patrick King completely hosts but the better one is this I think the Succession one's great mm-hmm. because on Succession if you haven't heard that Time podcast it's hosted by Kara Swisher who's this amazing journo in the states like she's she's a techno prisoners very funny lesbian um, I adore her and she she loves the show but she's not shy about criticising it and she's not shy about asking tough questions. She's like a viewer saying, I don't understand this bit. This bit didn't seem convincing to me. And I think that's what you need. So Mm -hmm. that's what it's going to be. But Mm -hmm. also, you know, how intimidating to be. And they apparently... They're going to interview us all together, yes, a team. Good. So, can you imagine sitting down opposite Lisa Sales and Lisa Villa and being told this is inaccurate?
0: No, <laughs> but I happen to know on very good authority that both women are massive Michael Lucas fans. So, I think you're okay. Like they've literally well, they both have, said that they've to only me.
1: signed on after yeah. they binged the show, and yeah. so you know they had an out. They could have watched <laughs> it and said no, not interested. But anyway, so yes, very exciting and new cast. Obviously, we've got all the returning cast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You'll be happy to know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then we also have newbies. We've got a guy, Daniel Gillies, who was in the Vampire Academy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which I didn't really know that show, but you and your daughter certainly yes. did.
0: Yes, 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 yes. A- and we've got
1: another guy, Rory Fleckburn, who's like a singing, dancing variety show host, and he was on this amazing show called This Is Gonna Hurt. He's Irish. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have an actress from Home and Away, Philippa Northeast who plays Mark Downey's daughter, and then we also have Hunter-Page Lachard oh. who plays a First Nations activist. And he looks just like Prince Yes. in the show. it's If it's his audition to play Prince in the biopic, he's got it.
0: Oh, and, and not only does he look like Prince, Mother's Across the Land, if you've watched Play School, he's also on Play School and he's one of Elio's faves. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Is he? Yeah. yeah I, really, I
1: work with a lot of Play School performers. You
0: do? <laughs> Steph Lim mm. Davidson, of course, as well, another one of Elio's favourites in Play School. Oh, yeah. It's incredible. Matthew I can't Backer. wait. Oh, my God, I'm so excited. Okay, so Sunday, September the 10th, we'll just be back from overseas we have just returned from our sojourn.
1: Uh, Yes. Uh, uh, But that actually, originally when this trip was being plotted, I thought that maybe season two would be airing while I was overseas, Mm. which I was quite happy about. (laughs) You know, you just want to, like, flee the country. And that's what William McKenna has done with The Messenger, right? He just, like, left the country. He did. He did. And, yeah, and that was, but but his fate would have it. Yes. They elected to put it after the World Cup. Good decision in retrospect. I'm glad. I don't want to compete against that. And, um, yeah, and now it turns out I'll be arriving back just at the, like, critical time.
0: And we'll be doing viewing party every Sunday night, right? Yes. We have to. Will we? We have to. Oh, gosh, We have to. Do you want this thing to succeed or not, bitch? Come on. All right, it's It's, happening. We'll we'll come back to that. All right, how exciting! Okay, moving on to a topic I've desperately avoided, but I have been asked by so many people what my opinion is. You know what I've learned? Sometimes you don't have to have an opinion. I know this because it's going to shock people, but I think one of the things that was drummed into me on breakfast radio is you know something happens and you immediately have to respond and. I realised the mistake in that is you don't have time to mull it over and let all the facts unfold and see what other people that you respect think and give it some air and some time because we always have to, like, get in really quick, you know, first to the pole. And Mm. I I speak of Lizzo and uh, the situation Mm. where three former dancers have alleged that Lizzo and her team treated them very badly and created an unsafe work environment And some of the allegations include body shaming, sexual harassment and false imprisonment. Lizzo has since addressed the allegations, calling them outrageous and denied all claims. And it continues to play out in the court of public opinion. She's just now hired the lawyer who represented Bill Cosby, Charlie Sheen and Joni Hill. So that was was a choice. Interesting move. Mm. I of course, as I know you do, are you on the side of believing the victims straight away mm. and seeing and waiting for this to have its time in court and what will come out, what will be, will be. But what I have noticed is the way, you know, the pile on that we have seen, you know, this this kind of reminds me of the Ellen situation, only not as extreme, I guess, where her public persona mm. is one of being super nice and super approachable and Lizzo's obviously obviously her public persona is one of body positivity and creating safe spaces for people who have been othered and it seems that behind closed doors what's being alleged is that they're the polar opposite and this kind of parasocial relationship that people have with these really big stars they think they know them but in fact we don't and that seems do you think that's why people feel so betrayed but when these things happen with people,
1: or with- we know one aspect of them. Like we know, we know a particular side of them. That yeah, really what they works, let us so. know,
0: what's marketed to us. You know, what they've curated. Yeah, yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah, totally. Like I, it's not that I. I mean, I, I still don't think that the Lizzo that we see in those amazing talk show appearances and online and everything like that is just this complete confection that has no basis in reality. No. But you know, obviously. There's a lot more to her. I mean she's she's you know she's running a m- huge business at the mm. moment and 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 has gone all the way you know to the very top yeah. which you know you you don't get there if you're just purely a sunshine positivity. No. <laughs> you know there's obviously there's a lot of strings to the bow. Um not to diminish not to diminish you know anything any of these accusations or anything like that.
0: Yeah, it's and uh, i don't know i just really <laughs> just really avoided talking about yeah, it yeah
1: it was it was hard did you go i i initially had like an initial gut because my love of her is so strong and because the mu- the love of the music mm. is so you know i mean she's on so many of my playlists i i can't i'd never tire of her songs and so my first initial reaction was like this real like i just wanted to not hear it
4: <laughs> i just I had think- that kind
1: of like i can't hear it i can't hear it but then but then I calmed down from that. And then, and then of course, the other aspect of it is, as is the case with Ellen, you know, there's the initial complainants, but then there's, you know, several mm. ways of other people saying this was my experience of her as well. And then and then there was her response that was really vehement and strong, but I'm not sure that that was the right note to... Because she kept on saying the, the, these accusations are ridiculous as they sound and, frankly, they're not that ridiculous, really. So, I, 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 yeah, and- I've been on a real... Ride with that, and like you, I mean, I've ended up at a point of, um, we just need to have it tested by professionals in in a court situation, which yeah. clearly it's going to.
0: The accusations are easily proved as well. They're not things, you know, they either happened or they didn't in a obviously in a very uh, public environment. But the other thing, mm. I wasn't surprised when I heard it. I was. Mm. I mean, I was surprised at some of the allegations in terms of just the bizarreness of them the Generally, body shaming was Yeah, the to body me. shaming that felt dis- particularly kind of disappointing. And and also
1: there's all this stuff about going to a strip joint and and you know a, a, and accusations about what people were calling out and everything. But at the end of the day, I think it's weird to go to a strip joint with Correct. Her employees. Correct. She, she should not and
0: have ever put herself or her business in that situation. I go on tour with my band. I know about, you know, you, you do become a family and you do, but there's a very clear line with me. And ultimately, I'm responsible for their well being. I'm responsible for, you know, them turning up the next day. And I think. That is the mistake she made was treating them like you would treat family members, you know, saying stuff you wouldn't normally, ribbing them about shit, expecting them to be loyal to you unconditionally. I think she forgot. And that's know, the pro- and
1: for, and is blind to the power imbalance between Total. them and her and yes and, and and yeah I mean you would never I mean you uh, frankly you'd be you wouldn't be at the strip club. you'd be under a weighted blanket back in the hotel room I would
0: not point. be at a strip club this has certainly crossed into another space for me and yeah when when the fat shaming allegations that was kind of the final I just like ah oh, okay well I'm yeah I'm gonna let this play out but that is a that is a, that is a bridge probably too far for people to recover from from this. You know, do you think she's going to be? Do you think this is? Do you think this is going to cancel her? What do you think?
1: I don't know. I certainly know that when her songs come on in my exercise playlist now, and the, one of the main ones was "Rumors," yeah. which like oh, now when you God. look back on it, it has lyrics that directly references had to cut some hose loose. Yeah, NDA no loose lips and you're like, "Oh my god, so clearly there's been problems, you know, you've been singing about internal problems to do with former employees." Yeah, these you know, bitches, these
0: you. bitches are threatening to sue me. Is literally a line in that.
3: I know.
1: Mm. Um yeah, I I I mean I don't think it's necessarily unrecoverable, but you know, I don't I don't think she, she's it's going to be very easy to go back to the sunny. I mean, would you say that Ellen recovered or not? No. no.
0: No. no, I think Lizzo's apology—or not apology—I think Lizzo's statement was a massive misstep.
1: And also, there was one line that really clung to her. She's like, you know, she she talks about being open with her sexuality, and it, I, I just don't think you should go there. If someone's saying, if someone's saying, you know, essentially that mm. there was sexual harassment happening, you you can't then you can't then I sort agree. of characterise it as sexual openness. That that I don't know how that happened. It took days for that statement to come out, mm. and then and then it felt like. It just made things worse. But it did, as all things do, made me reflect on Madonna.
0: <laughs> was, um,
1: because she was sued by her dancers for, oh, yes. for the documentary, for the Embed With Madonna documentary. And when you look back on that now, I mean, she was in some ways the performer that documented the relationship that she struck with those dancers and with her backup singers and everything like that where there were no barriers. I mean, when you look back on that movie now, it's wild. Like at the end of the movie is literally her demanding they get naked and hop in bed with her and then yelling at them, come back when your dick is bigger. Like it's full on.
0: Oh, my like, God. It's, yeah,
1: the 90s. What you're a different time. so
0: correct. Madonna? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Oh, my God. But,
1: th- but there is a reason why those days are in the past and, and also there's a reason why, like, when you think of Queen Beyoncé, like, you mm. know, famously the control and the mm. separation, like people can work with her for years and have basically very little knowledge of who she is. <laughs> and that's, that's, I guess, by design in mm. some ways.
0: All right, well, we'll see it all play out and there you go. We discussed it. A lot of you are asking, so there it is. It's Emsalation Extra.
2: Haven't subscribed to Emsolation Extra yet? Here's what you've missed out on this week.
0: And I'm very excited to welcome our first Am I the asshole, uh, plaint plaintiff? Defendant? Both. To the Emsolation Studios. <gasps> Hello, Bri speaking. Hi, Bri. It's M Rossiano. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Well, you're the first ever caller, pretty much. This is, um, I'm pretty
4: stoked. This is exciting.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, launch it at me. Now, I have no idea what your am I the asshole" situation is. I want to be impartial. I am totally yep. capable of being fair. <laughs>
4: okay. 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 Lay it on me. All right. Well, my front yard um, doesn't have a secure fence, mm-hmm. so technically anything can run in off the street, uh, including my neighbor's dock. Now, my neighbour's dog comes and visits our lawn maybe four or five times a week, I reckon, and shits on our front lawn all the time. Um, yeah, as I said, I've got a little baby. I've been a stay-at-home mum for the past year, so I see it. I've got video <laughs> evidence. Um, <laughs> like, there's no mistaking that it is my neighbour's dog. Brie, I so, just I
0: just have the visual of you like <laughs> – I'm going to get this motherfucker. And you're just sitting there and maybe it's been hours and maybe you're sitting in with your phone just perched like Mrs. Mangle. Oh, my God, the pettiness. I'm ready, I'm ready to go. I'm ready. <laughs> okay, okay,
4: keep going, keep going. Yeah. But yeah, okay. So she sits on our lawn all the time. Mm. So I've started to grab a shovel and I pick it up mm. and I pop it over my neighbor's fence. And most of the time I probably just dropped pretty close to the fence, probably just land in the garden like, probably fairly out of sight. I don't even know if he would know that I'm doing it. Yeah. Um, but just the other week, um, I might have put a bit much uh, force on the throw and I hear this, uh, thud, thud, thud. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my, my stomach just sank. I was like, oh, no, what have I done?
2: For all of that and so much more, subscribe now at emsalation.supercast.com.
0: It's M- There's no denying that when the weekend rolls around, we all have obligations. Whether that's social commitments we feel we can't say no to, or chores that get in the way of hitting snooze on the alarm. But what if we could have a dedicated day to filling our own cups? Starbucks at Home is calling on Aussies to self prioritise and take a day to relax unapologetically, relish in that long winter morning at home, and start the day off just the way you want to. It comes as Starbucks at Home announces two new flavours to its range, bringing you Starbucks' signature taste of high quality cafe style coffee that you can enjoy in the comfort of your own home. The Starbucks by Nespresso range now includes the new smooth caramel flavoured coffee pods, giving you buttery notes of sweet caramel in a delicious light roast. And the Starbucks by Nespresso creamy vanilla flavoured coffee pods, which offer delightful notes of sweet vanilla and biscuit for a comforting pick me up. Take that extra time for yourself and fill your cup with Starbucks at Home cafe quality coffee.
2: M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation.
0: Now, I want to do a really a brief.
4: Good for her. Good for her for
2: her. Good for her. Good for her.
0: It's a double good for her this week. The first good for her goes to the Australian Diamonds, the Australian women's netball team. They won the 2023 World Cup, defeating England 61 to 45. Oh, for emphatic. Yeah, for the 12th time, by the way, won the World Cup. For the 12th time. They now hold every trophy that you can win in Nepal. So it's just huge news. Unfortunately for them, they also uh, won at the same time as our next. Good for her. Obviously, I speak of the Matildas, the Tillies. Um, oh, I don't think anyone in that country is <laughs> speaking of anything else but that. They beat Denmark two 0 to advance to the quarterfinals. Six point five four million people watched with yeah. an average of three point five six. It's the most watched sporting event, like mm. for, for living memory. I'm going to say for all time with no research, but bloody hell, women's sport right now. <laughs> we were
1: watching it. We were watching it here on BBC Sports. It was great timing for the UK. And so we got to watch it with the British commentators. Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've been reading about how America are trying to cancel their women's soccer team because they've been knocked out and, um, you know, they've been That called- was a shock. Yeah, yeah. And they famously, okay. Trump famously said that they got bronze because they were in the Olympics because they were led by a purple head left woke agenda or something like that it was horrendous and the purple head woman he referred to had scored like three goals in the match but anyway and i've just been seeing certain commentators on twitter slash x trying to kind of drum up a similar kind of idea because a lot of the women's soccer players are openly gay and mm. apparently woke seeing, testing the waters. Andrew Bolt even was bitching about, you know, how all oh, the Matildas think they should be paid the same as the Socceroos and all this stuff, trying to drum up some kind of right-wing extremist notions and they have really misjudged the- Australia's love of sport because if there is one thing that unites us, it's the winners. Yeah. I'm, uh,
1: that is an astonishing... That's an astonishing misjudge.
0: Sir, this is Australia. You could be purple with three heads and be married to an inanimate object, but if you are bloody good at sport, this country will embrace you and accept you. Don't ever lose. Don't ever cause anything to happen that may cause a loss. But if you are in a winning team, this country will embrace you as its own child. So 100%, what especially a, Mr... a
1: winning team on the world stage, <laughs> in the world's game. <laughs> I mean, in what our the house. Hell are you talking about? <laughs> But also that just really surprises me because I have many thoughts about Andrew Bolt but unintelligent is not one of them necessarily and, and I just would have thought that there's no way. For me this is akin to people sticking up for the Commonwealth Games. It feels like, you know what, just walk away from that. Just walk away from that. You're not going to win that argument, not in, an, not in a cost of living crisis. And in this one we just need to accept now that yeah. the Matildas are beloved. yeah. And it's famously documented that it's not like it's just, like, left-wing women that love them. Like, it's boomer grandparents. It's little kids. Like, Australia is united.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I did read today how Anthony Albanese said, like, if they win the World Cup, if they win it, that they want to... They want to have a public holiday, and then all these um, all these Liberal Party people have come forward. No, well that'll crush small business in Australia. Or if you give us a public holiday, we can support the Matildas and still go to work the next day. And I'm like, oh mate, clutching.
1: oh that's fun. You have fun trying to <laughs> trying to sell that to the Australian public.
0: And I'm also Chella and I are living for all the all the exes playing each other. There's a lot of great lesbian drama going on. I sent you all the information last you night. You did.
1: You did. And look. Let's just be frank about this. Obviously, in male sport, we still have very limited uh, out yeah. gay players. There's yeah. not the case. No, and I had not considered the level of intrigue oh. that gets added necessarily to to to. to to the game, yeah. when all of a sudden you've got partners and you've got exes oh, yeah. that are comp- playing with each other, against each other. Yeah. Like, there's a whole oh, other dimension going oh, on here. And obviously, I'm not the most important thing is their no! skill on the field, their work as a team, and everything like that. But if you want to dive into this. Oh,
0: and I have. Oh my God, I'm obsessed. It's lesbian, a palooza. It's hot, lesbian, sporty, non binary, AFAB community. They're all in there. And like, because they all play internationally or they went. To college together or they've been on the same teams. You know, and they're such an international sport. Like there's so many like juicy romances. And then one woman, bless her soul, put together an entire list of every out player in the World Cup plus that player's Instagram handle. So Marcella was basically shopping for a wife last night. It was good times. It was great times in my household. <laughs> Not to minimise... Yeah. The fact that they're excellent sports people and this is not the most important thing about them, but, oh, the lesbian drama on the world stage mixed with sport, mixed with winning. It's heady. I'll tell you, it's a heady mix.
1: <laughs> and ideal for the hyper-fixated person who can remember every name and every link and <laughs> practically has a has a mental Venn diagram in their head. You know what? I mean, it's a shame that no one gets you on to do a, like a shadow commentary. <laughs> because I'm telling you, I was listening to BBC Sport. They were not giving us the dirt on that front.
0: Oh, I would be like, and she crosses in, it's a great cross. But she's also actually hooked up at that center six months ago, but they haven't spoken since. And you see that woman on the sideline? She used to play for Croatia, but no more. She She's quit so she could come and watch the new girlfriend, the other ex-girlfriend sitting over in the stands. She used to play for Italy. Like, I would be giving those kind of stats. But sadly, I'm not being asked. Alas, alas. But well done. Well done to, of course, the Australian Diamonds. Here if you need. Good on you, Nettie. They get zero prize money and zero bonuses. So, yeah. and To the Matildas as well. Here we say. Good for her. All right. Moving on just quickly. We're a week out. We're a week out. We're basically one week away. I haven't seen you in three months. I have not. A a week and a
1: half, I would say. But no, let's go with a week. No,
0: because this goes to air Thursday and I leave Friday. Okay,
1: from your departure, yes, from your departure, yes, 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 yes. Okay, sure, sure.
0: So I'll tell you there's been a lot of discussion. I bought 16 new pairs of underwear and I've packed them and I spoke about this on Extra this week and I've been inundated by people saying it's not enough. It's not enough underwear. It's not enough. And so these are the things I've been told. I have 16 pairs. Yeah. So how many pairs of underwear, ProTel, did you pack for three
1: months? (laughs) I think I I packed eight, which I thought was a very generous Ah! amount. What is that? Is that funny? Am I really off the ball with that?
0: How many days have you gone for three months? So you have eight pairs of underwear for 90 days away. Yeah, but I'm always
1: I'm I was renting a flat with a with a laundry. I mean, like, I mean, come on, why am I? Why? That's the point.
0: Oh if I, I was, was ne-
1: I knew I was never going to go longer than a week without a place that had a laundry. Does it doesn't facility, matter? So. If I
0: was going away for ninety days, I would be needing an excess baggage case full of underwear. Like, <laughs> Mm. <laughs> For me, it's, I don't know what is the fear of being caught out, but apparently 16 pairs isn't enough. Then I was sent an Excel spreadsheet and you can put in the, these are the things to consider, number of days on trip, IBS, IBD, other gut concerns, average period heaviness, weather expectations, have you had or are you having a baby, dodgy water, will you be doing laundry? Then you compute all of that and it tells you the number of undies you should be taking. So I've got to go and fill out that spreadsheet and figure it out. You
1: do. It is true that there's nothing that unsettles you more than when you're travelling around and you know you're running out of clean undies and you really, it's just a part of your brain that's locked on. How is this going to happen? It always ends with like you're in in Prague in the middle of the night and you're roaming around the city (laughs) looking for a 24-hour laundry. I've been there. So I do understand. Good. It, but good. in my case, eight was fine. <laughs> eight
0: for three months? That's wild. This is why I love Japan. You can buy undies in vending machines. Amazing.
1: So good. Well, I, do, I would also identify that you, <laughs> you, you, you're not going on a far flung, like a <laughs> safari or anything like that. I, I do, I, I, I'm happy to report that there are retail services in New I know. York.
0: I know, but still, still. But what yeah. I did do is I depacked, I unpacked the packing that I've already done, because I figured I needed to probably try some of the clothes on that I'd packed, and mm. I tried on all of the clothes I'd packed, and ninety five percent of them did not fit, did not fit,
1: did not fit. Oh, but can can we get a sense of? Like, why did they not fit?
0: Because I they- am a different shape. I've started on heavy duty oestrogen. I'm gathering fluid as I oh. sit here, and it's just massive masses of fluid. And there's nothing I can do till my body adjusts to having oestrogen again. Oh I'm just goodness. all puffy, and so nothing, nothing this- fit. <laughs>
1: What a curveball! I mean, I must admit, when I saw that packed bag when we were—I don't know—six months out, I did—I did question whether there would this would yeah this house of cards was going to collapse. It did.
0: It collapsed last night, and it collapsed with me collapsing in the middle of my bed at midnight, saying to Scott, "What am I going to do? Not good, nothing, nothing works." And then he said, well, you'll just have to buy clothes there. And I pepped up. I said, you're right. I'll just have to. You're right. What a shame. So you'll be so proud of me. I'm essentially coming with one suitcase that's half full.
1: My mother would endorse this because she came with a full suitcase. But since she's been here, she's shopped a lot, and now we're in we're in we're yeah. in all sorts of stress trying to figure out how she's possibly going to get. It. Originally, she was saying, "Oh, I will have plenty of space. I can take stuff home for you." Now she's like, "I'm full up, and I need to buy additional baggage." And I need to do all this. So yeah, yeah she's okay. strutting around in her freshly bought jackets and everything like that. Aww. So yeah, see it
0: as an opportunity. I can't wait. I can't wait. Okay, well that's it. That's all I have. That's my update. I got my TravelX card. Um, um, I've got my insurances. I've got my undies. I've got my travel onboard pack with my face spritzes. I've got all that packed. I've got my amazing. Oh my God, you should see this thing, this converter, you know, the plug converter where you have stick your plug in one end and it, international. What are they called? Converters? Um, universal yeah, plugs. Power adapter. Thing. Yeah, I've got that. I've got my onboard cable carrier. Everything's arrived. Got my spritzes, 100 mils only. Got. I've got everything. Wow. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm so you are
1: so much more prepared.
0: <laughs> it's intense. You took eight pairs anyway. of undies for 90 days. And do you know what? If you were staying in hotels every night without access to washing, I still think you would have only taken eight pairs. I don't care what you're trying to tell me right now.
1: Yeah, I definitely looked at it as I, I need to have a, <laughs> over a full week without. That was my judgment. So that if I don't have any sort of washing facilities for a full week, I've,
0: yeah. Yeah. All right, fine. Well, the next time we speak will be our last um, remote recording and then...
1: It will be. I'll
0: be in New York City, baby.
1: Oh, my God. God. And the content will flow. So many, so many (laughs) points of interest.
2: (laughs) I'm so excited.
0: Okay. All right, talk soon. Bye.
2: Bye. This is Insulation.
0: Okay, gang, well, that's it. For this week's Thursday edition, we will be back tomorrow and Friday if you're an Emulation extra subscriber for an AMA. It's a really great one. Some of y'all went there. We get Michael's full coming out story. We discuss Michael's dad, which we never really have. We talk about the things that annoy us about the other. <laughs> I love it. The questions each week get more and more nosy and I'm here for it. So don't forget, if you do subscribe to M Extra, you can submit your questions via Supercast. Now, I've been promising it. I've teased it. I told you that what we have for you at the end of this episode is a compilation of women venting, <laughs> and it was 100% women who called in, about the death of Dr Patrick Vale, Never Forget this is hilarious and hysterical. And I love the passion. And we had so many people, we could only like, we could have made four or five episodes just of angry women shouting at Michael. And also now I'm saying that out loud, that could be a thing where I allow you just to shout at your partner or at your kids. Like you can just send in abuse. (laughs) I feel like the abuse line could be something we could get going just so it's out of your system. But, but not today. Today, we are going to allow you, the emulators, a final closure. And Michael Lucas, I know you're listening. I know you're in Iceland right now, possibly hanging out with Bjork. Michael is in Iceland. And instantly both of us just thought, oh, will he run into Bjork? And then we had to do a really bad impersonation. I'm not going to do it right now. <laughs> you have to be a subscriber to hear it. So please now enjoy the wrath of the emulation community towards Michael Lucas, the man who killed dr patrick see you next week bye hi emma here
3: hi em hello michael i had to take the rest of the week off work after you killed dr patrick i was that grief stricken um
0: i had no idea who to direct my anger towards my grief i was in the anger phase for a long time and the dumpster fire of 2020 happened and insulation was born
3: and i knew um i don't know if i can get over it but i can move past it Michael, Lucas, how could you? How could you do that to me? I was 24 years old when Patrick died. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was in my mum's living room. She was cooking some lentil dish and my world came crashing down around me when Patrick died. It made me question everything. I was like, is love real? Is God real? I mean, surely God isn't real if Patrick just died. You know, and Nina. Like, did Nina really deserve that to happen to her? Basically, I want to say, it wasn't cool what you did. I get it. Great storytelling, great ratings, sure. But it just wasn't cool. Man, it just, it really wasn't cool. And it actually feels quite cathartic letting you know that. Okay, I think we need to also go back to the marketing and the promos around this episode. The marketing depicted that one of three people was going to die. So when Patrick got hit by the car, I was like, oh, thank God it's not him. And then it was him and it was the greatest and most horrific writing I have ever seen in Australian television, bar none. Like, can't even explain how fucking devastating that episode was. Thank you, but also fuck you. Michael, you killed Patrick. Well done. I love it when shows unexpectedly kill off beloved characters. Happily Ever After is boring. Now, the people that kill off dogs in movies, those guys can go straight to hell.
0: Hi, this is Cherie. Controversial opinion here, but I think that Patrick's death was essential to the growth of Nina's character. So thank you, Michael, and the writers of Offspring. I didn't think that they had a very healthy relationship to begin with. Uh, how he died was really awful, but effective television. So I'll give you that. I forgive you. And also I think it's so important to remember what we saw out of Billy coming after Patrick's death because that was incredible.
3: Hi, this is Brooke. Uh, just wanted to let Michael know that I am clearly still not over Patrick
0: dying, but more so the incredible writing of that episode. I decided last night after seeing the post to rewatch that on YouTube, then open up Paramount Plus and watch the funeral episode, then start to go down the rabbit hole of offspring, got to the episodes when Nina met that horrible Thomas got really angry and it reminded me of Big and then jumped across to Sex in the City and did a deep dive into Carrie and Aiden's relationship. So this is a little bit too long, I've just noticed, 47 seconds. But to hit us with both of those in one week, very unkind to mid to late 30 to 40-year-olds.
3: Okay, this might be a very unpopular opinion, but Patrick dying then led to
0: the most iconic and sublime episode between Billy and Nina at the hotel that I can remember in Australian TV. So to be honest, I'm kind of glad Patrick died.
2: Like what you heard and want more? m is a totally independent, neurodivergent female-led podcast, which you can help support by subscribing to m Extra. Get exclusive bonus episodes every Tuesday, question time with Em and Michael, pre-show meetings, videos of the podcast recording, pre-sale access to live events and discount merch, a weekly newsletter, and so much more. Help us by subscribing now or Gift a subscription to someone you love at msalation.supercast.com, or get the link via msalation socials. Msalation with M. Rossiano is recorded at Down the Hill Studios, hosted by M. Rossiano with Michael Lucas, executive produced by Benjamin Wosley, produced by M. Rossiano, edited by Ezekiel Fenn. socials by M. Rossiano, Benjamin Wosley, Lauren Mico, and Marcella Rossiano Barrow, with assist from Jem Evans and Georgia Watts. Follow us on Instagram at Emsulation Podcast and join other emsulators at the Emsulation Group on Facebook. The answer is Harry Styles. Please take the time to share this podcast with a friend. Give us a five-star rating and make sure you're following us on whatever podcast app you use by hitting the follow button. Thanks for listening and we can't wait to chat with you again soon. Mm-hmm.